Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And let's get it going. Look, I'm just trying to be all right with it, yeah. I'm just trying to be all right with it, yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it, yeah. I just want to be all right with it, yeah. It's been a while since we've done one of these. We have, and all three of us are here, and we thought we were just going to be talking draft stuff, which we are primarily going to be talking draft stuff. But the, you know, big news broke the day that we're recording this. And obviously, everybody knows by now that Tom Heinsohn has passed away. Legendary, legendary Celtic, period. I mean, we grew up, Matt and I grew up watching him as, uh, you know, as the announcer. And of course, Ty's gotten to to see him announce over the years, too. But he was, of course, a coach beforehand. And I know in Bob Ryan's book, he uh, described, he talked about that quite a bit there. And then, of course, there's a legendary player who I've heard about a ton from my grandfather growing up. And 2020 has been freaking relentless guys. There's no two ways about it. It's just, you know, it was Alex Trebek the day before, but he, you know, and obviously he's a legend in his own right. But if you don't watch game shows, it may not hit in the same way for some people, but for us, for Tom Heinsohn, for me, whether it was listening to Glenn talk about it on the show tie, or, you know, just when I first see the news, like my, my heart sank because it's this, this is a guy who's you, – you may not know him. Like plenty of fan, fans don't know him personally, and I did not talk to him as a, as a writer or when I worked at uh, Comcast now, NBC Sports Boss. I never got the chance to talk to him. I was always too intimidated because this is Tom Heinsohn. But I, I know I – know Matt. I want to hear how Matt feels about this, but for you, I surprised me. You tell me before the show, this actually hit you weird, even though you've, you're not a Celtics fan and you've only been in the market for two, three years now? Yeah, only been in the market two years and just been a league pass league pass watcher. Um, so that's how I kind of became familiar with, with <clears throat> sorry, Mike Gorman and Tommy was just watching on league pass. And I mean, Tommy, you watch just five minutes and you feel like you know the guy. He, you understand he's as homer as it gets. He's going to be as brutally honest about his team or the refs. And he's going to tell it in his way. And so – yeah, we got the news. It was like 2.02, 2.03. We had just started the show, and uh, we saw the tweet from from Chad Finn about it, and we had to tell Glenn, and Glenn's obviously you know, the guy who we give our breaking news to to read most of the time, and he's a guy who worked with Tommy on you know working, calling games, and Tommy's alongside him um, on TV and or on radio or whatever, and, and it was always in the building alongside him, so – Many games they've, they've worked alongside each other and or uh, or by each other, whatever the phrase it may be. But yeah, it was it didn't really like um, 
shake me or you know make me cry or anything but like seeing glenn kind of get emotional mm-hmm. not really like he didn't cry on the air or anything like that but it, you know just seeing him kind of like show a real human side that he doesn't really show very often is, mm-hmm. was was real genuine to see and like i said tommy just felt like you felt like you knew the guy so to see him go and to see Celtics nation more than this yeah was was kind of a tough thing day. I can't imagine being in his position where you have to talk about that as, as a friend and because I know Matt as a just as a fan growing up listening to him talk I remember I like you I love Walter and then you got you know even Ricky Davis back in the day all, all the different stuff and people are sharing you know reels of Tommy's calls and all that I get goosebumps watching that stuff now because like you, you just were never going to hear that again after hearing it through our, our entire childhood. Yeah, he's a he's a he's definitely a legend through and through, like you said, player, coach, all of it. Um, but yeah, I think it it's weird just knowing that we did grow up when you watch Celtics games. It's it's him and Mike Gordon, um, Steph voice to call you know the Tommy points, all that stuff. It, it, and he always kept it real. Like obviously he was a homer, but mm-hmm. I think what I really did like about him is that he would always complain about the refs, which you don't really see announcers do. Like mm-hmm. as much as he did, um, but you know, I, I I just think it's weird. It's it's the voice kind of like um, the voice of Celtics for us when you're watching growing up. So yeah, you definitely and Mike. missed. Yeah, yeah. Tim and Mike. Yeah, and, and, you know, honestly, I, I get the Homer stuff, but at some point, it's just, how is it not funny? Especially when you can play at the refs over oh, because hilarious. I mean, even Ty, who's not a Celtics fan, how many times did we complain about about the refs even in the postseason? It was just some they they deserve it to some extent. Yeah, I made a montage today to close out our show, like great moments from Tommy. And the first one I let off one was a uh, a moment of him ripping LeBron. And he's like, LeBron's just out here crying, and he's only done it twice lately with the handkerchief in his pocket. It's just like just like <laughs> him, him ripping LeBron, ripping the refs, ripping bad Celtics basketball, even not as a fan. I loved it. It's like mm-hmm. I grew up with basically Neil Funk and um, – and Stacey King. Stacey King was mm. one of my favorites because he is he gives his own flavor to it. He's only been in the game, you know, <clears throat> 10, 15 years, but it was, yeah, it was a, it was, I think it was a tough day for a lot of Celtics fans and uh, especially guys like Glenn who worked along and, and Mike Gorman too, who worked like 4,000 oh. games with Tommy. As, it's uh, unbelievable. But he honestly, he, when Mike talked about it on NBC Sports Boston, the, he thought that he said what I, one of the first things that I thought is like, Wherever Tommy's going, there's no there's no refs there because he he deserves a little peace and quiet because I, I don't know I don't want to say refs don't go to heaven but I mean just you know I, some of the calls they make I don't know if they necessarily deserve to but I think Matt too like we're we're guys who look at basketball from from an analytic standpoint and and you know especially when you've played you played as much as you did I know with the, the Homer flair it can be a bit much at times just as you get older and you start to learn things it's like all right Tommy like let's let's take it easy but. When we were too young to know better, and I think there's a lot of fans out there who just enjoy watching their team win. They want a guy who's like, you know, who just is all about their team and has their back. You know, what's what's best for Celtics basketball through and through all the time. And that was Tommy, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. He, I don't know. I, I think you described it perfectly for when we, you know, growing up, how we view Tommy. He, he almost honestly, for me. It was like listening to Skippy talk, my grandfather. So, um, how he talked yeah. at basketball games. So, I think the similarity between the two um, was why I related so much when he did games. 
Yeah. And I, and I know there's, you know, Mike, Mike Gorman said it. there's a lot more to Tom Heinsohn than just basketball. And, and I know when Glenn, uh, when I talked to him, he, you know, he said, I hope you got to know him. I didn't. So I, I, we, I can't speak to that as much, but Tom Heinsohn, you know, like Bill Russell is the most winningest player of all time. Larry Bird is who you think of first when you think of Celtics basketball and, and obviously KG and Paul Pierce have their own place in history, but Tom Heinsohn is like the consummate Celtic because he coached, he called the games, he played and he won. So it's like, how do you not like, so he doesn't, I don't think he always will. I think he's, he's got his due today. I think he was recognized across the board by everybody. And then, um, you know, it's just it, it, 2020 is just brutal. It just does not stop. It is relentless and and we're getting close to the end. So, um, you know, and we, and we know we're going to have basketball before the end of it too. I, there's no way, there's no real way to pivot into what we're going to talk about next. Cause I don't want to make light of the situation. Obviously it's the first thing on our minds is why we got to address it first. But of course, guys, we know that we're going to have the season at the end of the year. Free agency is coming soon and it's, that stuff's already getting pretty crazy. It seems like, and bef- but before all that, we're going to have the draft, which is why we're doing this. Cause we want to talk about that going into next week. The Celtics have Three first round picks, you know, second round, whatever. We're not as, as worried much about that. Worried as much about that. But we have uh, the 14th. The Celtics have the 14th overall pick, the uh, 26th overall pick, and then the 30th overall pick in the draft. That's what we're worried about covering today. And uh, we, we before we get into that, would you guys like to see them make a trade? And if so, do you have a trade in mind, Matt? You go ahead and start us off. Is there any anybody you want to see them go after or maybe move I- up for? I guess I mean I don't really. The problem is I don't really look into like num like the salaries and who would be available. But I would mm-hmm. like to see them move all three picks. Like I, I'm all set with Danny drafting at at this point on the draft board because, um, pretty sure there's like an 85 percent chance he misses on all three. So I would trade him. <laughs> I think they need they need a they need a veteran presence. And I've seen that written a lot lately in the you know Boston Celtics coverage stuff, but. I think they do need a veteran. I think that's more important. They don't really need to use all these picks on young young guys. You know, they want to compete now. I think you need to bring in a veteran if you think you're ready. Um, obviously, obviously a more solid big option, and I guess you could use one of the picks for that maybe to build maybe. something on. Um, but, I, yeah, like, overall point, I'd like to see them not use the picks. I'd rather trade them. And not even trade to get up in the draft unless you really, really like someone. But I don't really like this draft. But Ty, I know I, sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no I'm sorry. Okay. I thought you were done. I'm sorry. This, this is what happens when we, we haven't we haven't done this in a month or so. But I was gonna say, Ty, it's, I know you want to see them make a move because you did those. You had those drafts. Uh, uh, was it who says no stories that you were catching some heat for? Uh, was it a month ago? Is it in, during our five out hiatus? Yeah, Bradford's like a homeless guy in the corner just begging me to keep throwing like those who say no trades at him. <laughs> he just, that, that sounds about right. Oh, because people love clicking on, on trade stuff in general. So like yeah. I would just I just sit there and run through the trade machine and give him one. But one that I liked and I thought made sense for both teams was Marcus Smart and number 14 for number two from the Warriors. That's that was a trade that Ben um that Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe threw out in their podcast. And they said it makes sense for both sides. I'd be for it. I don't think you could trade smart and 14 to get number yeah. one from Minnesota. So like maybe number two and take James Wiseman, who seems to be available at that spot. I'd be all for that. My question to you, Ty, is do you think the Warriors would actually do that trade? I would if I was a Celtics, but. 
I think I would because I don't think that I think they're in like an absolute win now mode. And I think that the Celtics, if they do that trade, it secures like a long-term piece like Wiseman or whoever they take Anthony Edwards. I don't think they would. I don't even know. It would probably be Wiseman if anybody in that spot at number two, like they would secure that piece for the next four or five years. Whereas smart looks like he has two years max and that's it. And who are you getting at 14? You know? Yeah. That's why why I would do it. No, I'm saying. Do you think the Warriors? You saying you just said the Warriors would do that? Oh, I don't. Think I think the Warriors. Would. Yeah, I think the Warriors would because I think Smart's yeah. a guy that can be your best on-ball defender. It takes away what class to do coming off of a torn ACL, and you know, and Steph's not really a guy you want to put on your best wing, you know, wing player to stop him anyway. So those two can conserve energy, play a little small ball with Marcus Smart, and have him on the best guard. And, and from a monetary standpoint, too, Matt, before you say anything, I think I, I haven't looked at uh, the Warriors' salary cap, but what I, I mean, their their cap space, I think, they, no, they're actually, what am I saying? They are in the luxury tax already. It's them, the Celtics, the Nets, and I believe the 76ers are the fourth team that are already in it. But they, the the negotiating that they've done with the CBA is going to give those teams a little bit of a break with you know with what they've done i think it's being you know being able to defer payments and everything like that and then the taxes going into next year too there is some level of leniency even though the um the cap has not raised at all from last year but i think that because of what's happened they want to give teams a little bit of uh, a little bit of a break so uh from that standpoint i don't know like again if it can match up exactly i'm sure, tied with your the trade machine stuff it could work is that what you were saying before well i i don't i couldn't run like the smart and 14 for mm-hmm. number one straight up i think it would work because i think number one the slotted value like matches up with smarts like at 12 million a year okay i think then that's may- what the number one i think that's what the number yeah that would be the number two pick i think that's like around what he would make so um, then they'd have to sign him, and then they could. It probably couldn't get done necessarily on draft night or whatever. They would have to. Yeah, okay. it'd be technicality. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you, What do you guys think about this other trade I threw out? It was Hayward and. Um, yes. Yes, absolutely. So it was Rudy Gobert and Ed Davis for, um, uh, for Gordon Hayward and Time Lord and like the entire draft this year. One year going all in, Rudy Gobert. I'm all in for that, but this has my been my issue with Brad. Like, how does he fit in Brad's system? Bingo. That's a big change to what he likes because he every big man he's ever had can shoot really besides Ennis can shoot kind of I guess he can step out and shoot. <laughs> no. You don't really want to see it at all. That's basically where we're at with Rudy Gobert, but like mm-hmm. Tyson can step out and shoot the three. You know. Mm-hmm. I love Time Lord's on the jumper. I, I be I'd be for that a thousand percent. Absolutely. I think I think we've seen with the trades that you've proposed. I know the the Matt's not a fan of the Miles Turner one, but that one obviously got a lot of a lot of pushback. In a, and I, but I think when the Rudy Gobert one gets thrown out there too, I think there was some pushback from the like the Celtics loyalists. I just think they don't they they have had Gordon Hayward's back for so long they don't want to entertain that idea of possibly giving up on him because if you give up on him now, there's no two ways about it. As much as an injury played a big factor in it, the signing was yeah. a failure. So they don't want to do that. But I, I don't know how you say no to the, the Gobert move. I love well, the, time. Come on. The headline there is trading Gordon Hayward, the Time Lord, who everyone loves, and three first-round picks. Like Matt just said, like, I'd be willing to trade three first-round picks, which are nothing. Like, you're going to get three Gershon Yabasellis and, you know, yeah, we, add that to this roster. Like, you can't have three guys in this roster. You can barely add one. Yeah, Ty, like, I'm just sick of him drafting that. For, like, when it – 
Tell me the last time he's made like a really solid pick from that far back. Like I don't think he ever in, in recent memory he hasn't. That's like uh, Jared Sollinger and well, hold on. He, he loved he loved Tyler Hero. That was the report, so we gotta give him credit for that. It's like that is yeah, it's the like, most focused so thing ever. He didn't make the move to go get him, so you can't give him credit. Yeah. The, the Grant Williams pick I think will will end up working out in the end, but that's that's, yeah, that's true. Works he, out. I think I like I like that pick, but I'm just saying, most of the time, he doesn't do well. And I, I, most GMs probably don't, right? So he actually just doesn't have luck into falling into someone. But I think um, I think you got to trade at least two of them. I Like, I don't know how you hold on, like Ty said, you draft any of these guys, any, too many of them. Like, what are you going to do with them anyway? Exactly. There's just not, there's not enough space. If you just look at the roster, how many guys could they potentially add to this year's or to next year's? Well, I guess this year's team, which is wow, like a month and a half away. Yeah, it's um, really, we're getting very close. How many guys could you even add? Two? Like you need a rotation player, but like, are you willing to say like bye to Carson Edwards and well, Vincent Poirier? Like whatever you can. Yeah, see you. I don't need you. Like he's the yeah. only guy that can, you're really comfortable by saying like, I'm totally fine getting rid of. Are you fine with getting rid of Javante Green for? A, a 26 pick, whoever that is. No, I, I honest to God, guys, as I as I'm going through all this, it would really take the right guy to slip to 26 for me to be interested in 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 uh, in giving him a shot at all. 30 is more than likely, absolutely not. I mean, and we can we can kind of go over some of these guys a little bit, but your right space is an issue. And one thing I've seen throughout all this is people is uh, reports saying like uh, I know we see rumors out there, but I should say analysts where they're talking about the Celtics. Possibly trading 14 and then packaging that with 26 and or 30 to try and move up a spot. I know one, uh, I think it was John Hollinger, who of course is, is a former league exec and everything and very connected as much as he is, he's in the role of analyst right now. But he talked about the Celtics possibly moving up into like the 11 10 range, which obviously isn't a huge bump up. But the my thing is like, I like the two guys that are projected to go to the Celtics at 14, more so than anybody else. Um, but if he goes to that 11, 12, 10 range, the Celtics do, then we're talking about possibly like Vassal, Devin, Devin Vassal from Florida State. And we all saw the broken jumper. For those who haven't seen it yet, you know, it seemed like he was a fine, he had a fine shot and everything. And then some highlights got out on Twitter or whatever it was. And, and if like, look, Romeo Langford's jumper tie, I know how you feel about your guy, Romeo and everything, but Matt, we'll be work honest. In progress. Yeah. Work, work in progress. progress. Yeah, well, like I, honestly watching Vassell's shot, what it looked like most recently, I thought it was uglier than Romeo Langford's. So I don't know why you want to trade up for a guy like that as much as he's an, he's an athlete and everything like that. And he was supposed to shot was supposed to be fine before to me, you go and work on stuff right beforehand. Why is that somebody you're making a move for? Did, that that it's, doesn't make sense. It's just it's not it's just not a, a team need. Right. It, thank you. A thousand percent. You, like, you you have plenty of athletic guys. Of course, a three and D guy would be good, but you need a guy who can shoot. Like I I just don't know with Vassal right now. I don't trust him no. at all. And 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 look, Kira Lewis is another guy who they can move up to get to as well. Like he's projected to go. Um, I, I'm seeing a little bit before the Celtics for the most part right now. He's a point guard, but he can shoot. I, it's just, what do you, how much is he going to factor into everything? And where, how do you like Carson Edwards? He, well, yeah, but Carson Edwards is obviously more shooting guard, volume shooter. The two names for me that I care about most at 14 right now, if they use this pick, are Aaron Nesmith from Vanderbilt, who obviously is coming off a foot injury, but was shooting really well but before he got injured. 
Then Sadiq Bey out of Villanova, who over his two years there was uh, had a little bit more success and you know not dealing with the same the same injury problem as Nesmith. Both wings. Um, Bandy is six foot six. Nova six foot eight. And uh, like the so the thing with them to me comes down to their defense. Of course, you have one guy who's a little bit taller in Bay, and he. As a sophomore, like he talked about what like I saw this on Hoops Hype with uh, with Brian Kalbrowski, uh, excuse me, my boss. Um, he interviewed him and he said, as a sophomore going into that year, his goal was to be able to defend guards, wings, and centers, and he's confident in his quickness in defending guards. So you, oh, yeah. this is Bet from Villanova. Right. Then right. we have with Nesmith from um, from Vanderbilt. Okay, again, good shooter. Defensively, what are you bringing to the table? Of course, you have your length and everything. And to me, like he, so he played under Jerry Stackhouse this year, and I believe it was Stackhouse's first year. There's only a year with him, but he talked about how like he's all about team defense. He was all about being, uh, you know, t- learning Stackhouse system, being a part of it, and and um, trying to just. Uh, understand the scheme and work within that as best as he could. And and everybody regards him as a solid defender right now. So I know that uh, I told you guys a little bit about them beforehand, but how do you feel about either of those two, Taya? You can lead us off. Like, Do you have either one that you'd be leaning towards? Or do you prefer somebody else from the names that I gave you before? Uh, those two names don't really stick out. I can't really I mean, say I saw either of them play, but the why, way you describe them, you? like, Right. Yeah, exactly. I don't watch a lot of Vanderbilt basketball. Um, shout out Commodores. Um, if the way I'm targeting this draft, if I'm Danny Ainge. I'm grabbing a big man or I'm grabbing like a backup point guard. Like I, I think Kemba has shown that I don't think he could play more than like 30, 32 minutes, like a heavy minute load. Like, of course, you still have Marcus Smart, but like I think, I think Brad Wanamaker. Is probably like I'm. I'm okay with moving on from Brad Watermaker. Yes, me too. Oh, you are. Oh, you are? <laughs> yeah. So, so Kira Lewis from Alabama is who, is who you're looking for. Then he shot like thirty. Six yeah. percent from three last year. Oh, so can, can I just butt in right there, real quick? The only problem I have with that type the point guard drafting one. I guess then you're saying that we, uh, the, you know, the guys they have, they don't, you know, obviously believe in. Um, Trinidad Waters, obviously Carson Edwards is a shooting guard, yes. but then Brad Wanamaker too. Oh, I think they've already kind of shown you that, though, right? And yes, and which I, that's why I wouldn't draft another one. I would, I, I think maybe that's yeah. where like I would look for a guy like a Rondo ish, like a veteran point guard. I'd, I'd rather have a veteran point guard than a rookie. But I do agree with Ty's two points, though. I, I want like a big and, but I was just buttoning in because I wouldn't want yeah. to draft the point guard. So I, I I have a big for you, Ty, that I'm going to throw at you in a second. But Matt, I'm surprised that you don't want a guy who can come in and possibly, you know, who projects to be, you know, that knockdown shooter. Because with with Nesmith, no. this is a guy who who's who's talking who is like his big thing is being able to come off screens, and he's studying guys like Ray Allen, Joe Harris, like the, obviously a big range there between those two. But that's those are names he threw out there in a recent interview. The, like and he's studying their footwork. To me, I like that because that's the guy you need. That's just going to come off the ball, boom, pull up. You know, people want Hayward to do that, but that's not his game. Uh, I would agree. With that. My my, I guess my problem is I, Vanderbilt basketball sucks, and <laughs> I just fair. I didn't watch many Vanderbilt games, so I can't really comment on the kid. If he is a knockdown three point shooter, yeah, I'm all for that. Like I think that's what they need. They need three point shooting and. Um, but I, I just can't really fall in love with him because I don't know him. The guy from mm-hmm. um, Villanova, what's his bay? 
he's he's a he's a good player. I watched a, a bunch of Vanderbilt games last year with him in it. He's just not. He's already something we have, so I don't. I'm not really into that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're drafting a if you're drafting a wing at this point, they're gonna be just like the point guards. They're gonna be yeah. backups. Like I guess like the point guard role, like you're like literally third point guard. That's your ceiling. Whereas if you draft a wing, he's only gonna be you know behind Tatum, Brown, Hayward for this year. I guess he would just fill the role of Chevy Ojale. Whereas yeah. if you if you big and he he's a home run, he's he could start. Like okay, I, so. I like Jalen Smith to answer your question, Nick from that's, Maryland. Yes, that's who I was. Yes. I like I like him because he someone has a he's developed a shot, a three point shot, not great, but what I like about him is he's a big guy who can defend and protect the basket and, and rebound, and that's um, obviously a very big need for us. Yeah, now Jalen Smith seems to be a guy who's starting to slip a little bit in the draft, which I find surprising based on everything, but based on what we've seen with him, um, you know, from from whether it's uh, you know, draft analysts or people talking to scouts, he seems like a guy like if you want a big, you know, and you're and you're just outside the lottery, this is the guy. To, this is the guy to take. I know Isaiah Stewart's another name who's kind of slipped down a little bit. We will touch on him a little bit later on. But I, I, if they're not going to go, if they don't think, you know, we need a knockdown shooter out of the draft, maybe get it elsewhere because they do lack that still, no matter what anybody says. Uh, I think Jalen Smith is a good – or if those two guys are gone, because like Cam Johnson, Johnson, right, he jumped up in the draft last year. I think Jalen Smith does make a lot of sense here. Another guy who's who's a little bigger, but I, obviously he's I mean, seven feet tall, but he doesn't – He's younger and he's not, you know, this, he's not an enforcer. Is, I'm going to butcher his name, Alexej Pokusevsky from, uh, he's, he's overseas. He's soon to be 19 years old. He's a seven footer, not a three point shooter. I, I, this is a guy who's, pro- again, projected in this kind of range, maybe a little bit after, not, not, definitely not sooner. I just don't, I'd rather go with Smith here personally, or the other two wings that we've talked about, before, or even Lewis over this guy. I just don't see how they draft three guys, or even at twenty six or thirty, like at all. Right. I think there's like I think they're gonna draft maybe two top twenty players or one top like seven player, and that's it. And they're gonna add one guy. And honestly, I I think Danny, if he doesn't do that this year, it's just you're wasting your picks. Like you're literally, like you said earlier, you're you're literally admitting that Carson Edwards and Tremont Waters like can't play. Like they're not worth literally your the picks you wasted last year on. Like mm-hmm. the kid was the G League Player of the Year this year. So if you go point guard, shooting guard again, that's kind of an indictment, I guess. I don't know. The I other just don't guy, see how they draft three guys at all. The other guy that's popped up for fourteen two, which I, I'm surprised he's moved up this high, was R.J. Hampton. I, I just think that if you go, if you're if you're taking him this high. It, it just—I feel like there are names that shouldn't be slipping to that—that that, that will. That's like there's—he he, shouldn't—he doesn't make sense for me at 14 at all. I think, like towards the 20 range, he, he makes more sense. Um, so, Matt, I, I want you guys to tell me who would you like to see them take at this spot if they decide we're going to go with 14. We have to, we, we're we we like somebody here a lot that we think could be part of our future. Personally, I'll go first. I'm I'm taking. I know a lot of people like Bay. I know a lot of people on the beat like Bay. I know Chris Grenham from um, from Forbes. He likes Bay a lot. I am gonna take Nesmith here, though. I just I like the way he he the way he talks about shooting. Like he's all about getting it off the screen, catching, and just pulling right up from there. That's the guy that 
they need. That's the guy they don't have. You know, that's what Ray Allen was obviously in his prime and just having a guy who can come in and do that. And then of course, play on the defensive end, then you're golden. But uh, Ty, who would you like to see them take if they make a pick at 14? If they make a pick at 14, oh man, I don't even know. Cause that I, that's, that's a big man. I would want if you're picking at 14 and beyond like Wiseman and the kid from USC, Ngonku or however you say his name, I don't really know who, what big man would be available that deep. Would Smith. I feel like you'd be over Jalen Dra- Smith would probably be there, but Ogonku was the other Jaylen guy. They were talking, that's the other guy who they might trade up for too. I did see that as well. I'm trying to find Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith's 27th on the athletics, the athletics big board. So would you feel comfortable taking him at 14? I've seen that's, him. I've seen that's him Sam on the big board. I, by the way. I saw him. Well, of course he's an authority. So yeah, like he, I've seen is, him hundred percent higher up on boards and it was more earlier on in the process. Obviously it's been a extremely long pre-draft process, but I saw him higher up. So I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd love the pick at 14, but I could see them doing that. If he slips, if he's like, if Jalen Smith slips to 26, then that's a steal for the Celtics. As much as everybody doesn't want to see them take the picks. Right. I, I think they should try and make some level of a move, but that would be a steal at 26 in my humble opinion. Well, it looks like there's a million wings and forwards in this draft, so big men would be, you know, of need. Right. Matt, who would you want them to go with? If they use 14, I would probably go with the guy you're talking about. I'll just trust you on it. And if he is a a three-point knockdown shooter, I will take that. I don't want – again, I'm with both of you. I don't want them to use the pick, but if they were, I would use it because I don't think – Jalen Smith, I would say I like, but I don't like at 14. I would draft if using one of your later picks. I would that's who I'd use it on. Okay. But because so, I don't really know any of these bigs, um, like at, like after like you know the ones that are supposed to go at this time. So I don't okay. know. I'd rather trade the pick. Okay, or, now or so, use it to get a shooter. Whoever they take at 30, I'm sure Celtics fans at first be like, oh, they're fun, they're interesting, they 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 do something cool, whatever. But like 30th, obviously we don't care about generally as much and 26 I think kind of falls in that same category but the guys that I'm seeing projected in this range I've seen some that you know this guy could slip to 26 but he could also slip to 30 I also see some guys at 26 who could slip to 22 uh like Desmond Bain for example who's another really good three-point shooter who for three years his last three years at TCU shot over 40 percent from three and as a freshman he shot 38 so you know what you're getting there and I've seen him projected as high as 19 I think to the Nets so I, it, who, I, I don't know where he – I've also seen him go to 30. So, like, it, he, there's a wide range for him. Uh, you know, Ty, you, you brought up how Jalen Smith is on – I'm surprised the athletics um, big board at number 27. If you're getting Jalen Smith at 26, I, again, that that's – I think you're very fortunate. Um, Isaiah Stewart is another big. He's he's uh, Washington, and I think he's he's dense. He's like you're getting a thick big guy, but you're also getting a, a guy who plays like the traditional big man spot, doesn't shoot threes, and he's six foot nine. So like that's that doesn't it's not necessarily going to translate as well. You got to have some real confidence in what he's good at if you're going to take him. Um, and then Tyler Bay is another guy that I've seen come up a little bit. Not to be confused with Sadiq Bay, we got two Bays in here. Um, very athletic and a really good defender, but it's just you, you have guys that are like that. I feel like he's very redundant. Unless you're moving on from people, Tyler Bay does not fit for the Celtics. And then Leandro Balmero is another guy I've seen him pop up. He's another, he's an overseas guy, and he's I guess 
somehow he's the only guy that's first round talent that you could draft in a stash. So maybe like Danny does like to do that kind of stuff. I could see him maybe doing that. I would hate it personally. I, I, I want no part of this guy. He's playing for Barcelona this year. He's not a three point shooter. He's like a point forward who I guess can defend the position, but he's, he's doing terribly for Barcelona this year to start. Uh, but, at, they've already but at one point, uh, wasn't the knock on Luca. He couldn't shoot when he was like the young playing pro overseas. I'm not saying that's like the right move, but like if Danny, if he is going to use the three picks and not trade, like that would be the way he would do it is a draft and stash, take a kid at 26. Hopefully a kid, if he, say if you draft him at 26 and you stash him next mm-hmm. year, potentially could be a top 10 pick and therefore you reap the rewards for it. I don't know. I don't know anything about the kid you're talking about, but if he doesn't trade his three picks, that'd be a way he could use one of them. It'd be boring right. as hell, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Is there is I, it does make sense if they don't if they don't get rid of them um, all. Matt, I'm assuming that there are no names that typically are fancy that I just listed off. No, I tell you, trade please, trade these picks. Get a bring in a veteran, bring in some so veterans. For you guys, they're the only way that they win um, the draft. I guess like they have a successful draft night is if they make a move that night. Yes. I think okay. it's a. I don't like it. I don't know about you, Ty. If they use if they use more than one of these picks, I think it's a fail. Yeah, I think it, if you have the over under at one and a half, it needs to be under. It'd be a failure if he drafts two or more, like you're saying. I think he's got to make a big move, or I, I don't even know if the the move would be trading a package to go up in the draft or trading the package to get a vet. I, Either way, make a splash with yeah. those picks. Do something. I, I think the other problem is too. It's like, well, making when thinking about making these picks or who you're bringing in, it's like, well, is he moving Marcus Smart or Gordon Hayward? I think that might tell you or hint people off on what he ends up doing. Because like, that's the thing is like, I don't. You tell me, you know, we could yeah, drafting that shooter at 14 would then become important if Gordon Hayward's getting traded or Marcus Smart's getting traded. Like, if you're losing perimeter players, then yeah. I have a very hard time imagining that Marcus Smart gets traded. I just the, the, the I know the way that Ainge feels about him, and I just I, unless the, the what happened in unless what happened in Florida has completely changed the organization's stance on Marcus Smart, I have a very hard time imagining that Gordon Hayward. I, I less so. I'm not saying I, I expect him to get traded, but less so. So then, it's, all right. So I was going to say, well, with, to the Gordon Hayward point. I think that's more likable in the sense of contract and mm-hmm. like tradable contract and big ass contract that you want to move away from. Or the fact that we've been seeing now, I know you guys and I shared that article or that thing about Gordon Hayward on that. They're talking about him on the podcast. Oh, that was Ryan Rosillo, right? I think it was, was that on the uh, Bill Simmons podcast? Uh, Zach, Zach Lowe's, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you know, reports of him wanting to get traded. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that's just BS or like, you know, do we know where this guy's sources are? But then usually, uh, I don't know. I can't think of what the saying is something. Where there's smoke, the, there's fire. Yeah. Like, I think this is one of those situations that there's still something coming out. Maybe he really doesn't want to be here. Now, if he wants to be here, fine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade Gordon Hayward, um, obviously, unless it was, like, for a really good deal. But we don't, we don't know the status of those two guys, and I think that also – if you if you had a hint or a clue to one of them, it might help you figure out what you'd want to do in the draft. 
if I was hearing other reports of like if I heard a second report of Gordon Hayward wanting out, then I would okay, I would say, okay, then there's some credence to Russell because now we have two different people who are talking about it, who are hearing things, but we have been given no other inclination that that's the case, right? No, Zach Lowe is the first one to say, like, I'm hearing um let me pull up the exact phrasing because he used some like weird phrasing to like basically say I'm hearing so basically he said smoke but no fire. Gotcha. Well, I mean, and look, then it, this week, then there was Rosillo following it up. So, gotcha. well, you know, so if that, that's you, you don't need the exact verbiage. If he's if he's throwing that out there, that there's, but if there's smoke and there's no fire, yeah, it doesn't make a the, whole a lot of sense. The the quote is something is mildly afoot here, and then he goes on to say that his agent Mark Bartlestein is doing his basically due diligence. He's doing the Al Horford path, where like Al. Was obviously here, did his homework on seeing if there was a market out there, and then saw that there was. Gotcha, know. gotcha. Okay, well, yeah, I mean that 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 would that would obviously change things a little bit. So we we know what we what you guys want to see them do, but what do you think Danny Ainge is going to end up doing? I think that uh, he's going to he'll draft all three. <laughs> okay, that's what he'll probably do. Okay, it's gonna take all three tie. <laughs> I think I think Danny is gonna trade 14, 26, and Shemi Ojale for a top ten pick and then just dump number thirty. And I don't know what he does with the top ten pick. I just I literally don't see any way, like roster construction wise, how he takes three, how he takes two, and how he takes one unless he's like a legit rotation player. So like Increase your chances, but I just don't see how basketball logic would say he doesn't move those picks and go. Yeah, higher. He, he'll try to he'll try to move up. I re, I'd yeah. rather trade the picks and get somebody um, that can contribute now. But I think the ties kind of on it with they'll probably try to move up in the draft. I think like, weren't there been, weren't there reports of them being connected to that USC big man? Um, I missed that. If that, if that was the case, I, I trust you. Yeah. I trust I trust that you saw that. I, I think they're going to end up moving 14 and 30. I think they'll keep 26 because I, I think they'll end up. I, I, I do. I think the drafts and stash thing is going to happen. Ainge does that. Ainge does like European guys. And then it's like, you know, he, he's not here right now. He's not an issue. I mean, he's going to finish out the year in Barcelona. So it'll kind of work out. I don't like that pick, but I think that's what he's going to end up doing. Yeah, it was Kevin O'Connor said the Celtics are trying to package 14, 26, and 30 just to move up. And then Aaron Smith, A-R-A-N, from NBADraft.net, he goes, uh, I'm hearing the same as Kevin O'Connor. Boston's been trying to package their three picks to move up. And the player the Celtics are targeting is big man Onyeka Okongwu. Yep. I saw that with um... – that was before when you brought him up, like that Hollinger had said that they yeah. might try to move up for that range because I think him and Vassal are expected to go like 10, 11. At least that's what Hollinger's. And again, that guy that is makes sense. connected across the league, so he has an idea. So maybe that's what, yeah. maybe that's what ended up going. So, I, I mean, if they make that move to get into the top 10 or a little bit closer, then okay. I just don't know. Uh, I mean, I think that, that makes hard. sense because that addresses your biggest need without parting with Smart, without parting with Hayward, without really trading three first round picks to get up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you trade 14, 26, and 30, you're still getting a guy who you would believe can play now. And that right. would probably allow Canner to walk. And then you have 
a three-headed monster, I guess, in Okongwu, who I guess would start day one, if not be number two, with Tice and the Time Lord. Mm-hmm. So that would be, kind of be a little odd for the Time Lord fans out there, but no, they, they'll 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 freaking get over it. It's, it's just, more importantly, you know, we we're not talking about twenty six and thirty a lot, not just because we're not as interested. It's just we don't know how anybody necessarily fits on the roster in that situation. It'd be those very, guys don't play in year one either that low. Like they rarely play year one, especially especially thirty. But there have been guys who you know you later in the draft they pe- people have hit on, and um, you know it's it's things if they miss on it. But I think if you can get a, a guy who you feel that confident that's a big that addresses a need. I don't think it really matters at the end of it all. So I so th- so there we've resolved it for everybody. Trade up to get uh, to get to like number ten or number eleven. That's what that's that's so that's what you think they're gonna do, Ty. Well, I I, I hope Danny drafts Udoka Azubuki, that kid from Kansas, the big man. That's like one of the only college players I know, and he was just dominant every time I saw him play, like unguardable. But he's basically Joel Embiid, like health issues wise, size wise, except he literally cannot shoot. So my my one last question that I have. Oh, what? T- sorry, Matt. I said the only guy I like in this draft. I'm not saying he'd be what the Celtics need, but I like that dude over top and from day. I, was, I, nice. I knew that was going to be the guy. I, so yeah. I, I'm actually doing a I'm doing a mock draft with the other guys over on the uh, USA Today NBA Wire, and I think when we did the draft, he ended up going to. Slipping to eight, where I had to pick. I'm picking for the Knicks and the Nets and that, and I, I took him at at eight. I was like, of course, yeah, no, no Lamelo Ball there. Otherwise, I would have absolutely taken him because I need to see. I want to see Lamelo Ball in New York. I think it would be perfect. It would be just sheer friggin' madness and nothing but disappointment <laughs> and Lavar Ball losing his shit. And and that to me, Lavar Ball, I don't I don't like him. I, I usually don't have time for him. But him versus James Dolan is a is a headache I would like to deal with. Yeah, I would like to hit that. So who, I, that was the last thing I was going to ask you guys. Where would you? Where do you want to see Lamelo go in this draft? Do people project him one. By the way, sorry, Ty. Is it that one? The I've seen him on some big boards at one. Yes, yeah, but I've seen some story slips to the Knicks. And the Knicks are picking at what? Eight. Damn I think it. he's going to go. I think he's going to go in the top that's, five. That's how you know this draft sucks. When the number one pick could be at one or eight, that's how you yep. know his draft sucks. You saw him going as far as eight. I maybe I misread it and it was the Knicks trading up for him to get to number eight. But the draft I did That'd with the, the draft that I did with the guys over at the um, NBA wire, I think he went six to the the Hawks in that draft. But I, I thought this was like widely known for the last year. This was a three player draft. So how does that? Any of the top three players fall out of the top three, dude. This shit's the, I'm telling you, this shit's been changing left and right. I thought I thought Obi Toppin was a was a t- was fifth pick for sure, and that's changed. Like who's that Denny uh, Vija guy, dude? The values I see. I'm telling you, I see. Like there are quite a few people. There are a few people who I trust with their evaluations, you know, big boards or their mock drafts, whatever. And I've seen with you know, you bring up Vinci, and I'll see he has one thing, and then I know you know my boss Brian Kalibrovsky from from USA Today. He does a he's all over the shit. And he's talking to all these guys, interviewing them all, and I see his board, and it's like, well, there's some differences there. And then I look at Hollinger and what he's got. It's like. Well, he's like talking to people too, so it's like there's all these differences. I, so it's just a lot has changed. Other than pretty much Edwards and Wiseman, other guys that I see up towards the top consistently. But I, I thought Ball was originally supposed to be a, a, number, uh, a top three guy as well. Yeah, I saw I saw a report that said that the Timberwolves would go 
LaMelo Ball at one or trade for a win-now player. So unless they get that win-now player, Marcus Smart, <laughs> uh, they're going to take LaMelo Ball. Oh, it's gonna be It'll be LaMelo, D'Angelo, and Carl Towns. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Oh. That sounds miserable. That sounds like I don't want to watch. So, that, okay. That's a 31 team. Where do you see LaMelo going? I don't know. I, mean, I, I honestly don't know. And as long as he's not in the Celtics, I don't really give a shit. Because um, yeah. I, I, I hate the whole ball show thing. I, I don't like it. But – I, I don't know. I, I'm with Ty. I have a hard time seeing all, them picking Lamelo at one. I just I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Would you Would you love to see him with the Lakers? Somehow the Lakers move up to yes, number one and yes. take Lamelo Ball. Wow, yes, that, I would like to see that. Or just ESPN doesn't matter. ESPN's headquarters would blow up like in spontaneous combustion if LeBron <laughs> and LaMelo and LaVar were reunited. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I would I, – I, I, I feel like Lonzo is not that crazy. It, like of, of the whole family, I feel like Lonzo is the least crazy of them all. Yes. And I'd, I would feel a little bit bad if he got cucked like that. That would, that would suck. <laughs> well, how, how about this? Where did the Pelicans pick? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where the Pelicans pick. You can have Lonzo and Lamelo brothers on the same court. Has that ever happened? Uh, I mean, the the bosses. I mean, well, I mean, Lonzo's you know pass first guy and everything. I I just Lamelo has interviewed very poorly. That was what it was. Lamelo has slipped because he's interviewed like shit. He's been one of the worst. Been one of the absolute worst. That's why with um like that's probably why with like Desmond Bain, he's been I think the best interview so far, and him and Isaiah Stewart. So like that's why when I see them at twenty six as opposed to like you know nineteen ish, it surprised me. Those two have been the best interviews, and then Lamelo's I think maybe the worst interview. So that's why he's slipping so much. I knew there was a fucking reason. Apple don't. So at least, uh, at least Lamelo knows how to Lamelo knows how to uh, run a failing business in the big baller brand. That thing failed so fast, nobody even talks about it anymore. Well, he's nope. doing. Uh, I think big baller is still a thing, but he's going with Puma. So or. I think it's Puma, yeah. So then it's still a thing, but he's going to go with a different shoe brand. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the absolute worst. But um, obviously, we haven't done this in a while. So, and we, and you know, we had a lot of other important stuff we had talked about at the beginning. But Matt, do you have anything else that you want to share with anybody that's been going on with you before we get rolling? No, not really. I, I thought the only thing that kind of sucks if we we're going to talk a little bit more basketball is that uh, I don't think there'll be any fans in the stadiums. Do you think this whole year? I think they're still. I know they're still trying to do it. I, I don't know about how it's not going to work. I, I can't imagine well, that. Well, Foxborough, they're not letting any fans in the stadium. That's outside. How how are you going to justify having people go indoors? The state, you know, arena. Boston. Has, Boston doesn't seem to have any chance right now. But I, I mean, like when I've been, because I'm keeping tabs on Boston, I'm keeping tabs on Brooklyn too, and I know they are. They're uh, they're owner has been saying like we want to get players i mean the fans in the stand still so i don't they're not going to give up well, on it i don't know if they're going to mandate it. yeah exactly they because they're going to lose a lot well, of i money. mean again we don't know what the what the future months hold you know as the season is now starting uh late december so obviously you're playing into now i'm assuming may is may would be the regular season ender now i don't i'm whatever but we don't know how far down the line maybe fans can control, you know, come back in if 
things progressed out of the winter months. But I'm saying to start the season, there's no way they're going to mm-hmm. have fans. No, no, I can't I can't imagine doing that at the start of the season. That's for when the season will end. I know it's 72 games now. I know they want to end before the Olympics. I'm not certain on the Olympic dates exactly. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe some regular season, yeah, maybe – Maybe it ends around May, but either way, I, the turnaround on this thing—it's friggin' yeah, nuts. It's, it's wild and so weird. When Ty said next season, I was like, I, it kind of like threw me off. I was like, oh crap, that's right. We start all right. <laughs> you mean like a Plus month? Of those now? guys in the bubble too. Oh, brutal. Yeah. Well, how about LeBron? Danny Green said he's not going to be in there. Like they start on Christmas or around there. Danny Green said LeBron won't be there for the first month of the season. I don't like that's what yeah, you said, but now LeBron's in favor of them starting so quickly, apparently. So it's like it's, it's all about the money, like at the end of it all. He, he knows that he's, he'll be there, but with load management. With load management, yeah, I don't think he's gonna straight up not play, but it'll be maybe every other. I mean, I honest to God, I don't blame him for like thinking he's not gonna be ready. It's just this is that is a ridiculous turnaround. You just had a you know an NBA Finals run in what was that? It ended mid October, and then you're supposed to be back ready to go for December twenty second or something like that. It's, yeah, that's wild. That's 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 a that's ridiculous. We've never seen that before. It's always what ends in mid is it mid June or mid July? It's no, it's, mid, it's early June. Well, I'm sorry. So early July. June, it's like around June, July 10th, yeah. right? Yeah. June or July? Because free agency starts July. Like That's right. Yeah. So it's, so it's June like 10th, 15-ish. And then training camp doesn't start till like the end of September. That I know for, for sure. So that's what – so you have July, August, and then pretty much all of September. So it's like three and a half months, close to four. Yeah. Yeah, LeBron needs that. Like that's that's for the finals team, and LeBron's getting half of that. There's no way. Yeah, he's playing load management is the best. This is the best you can hope for, I think, with this. Well, you've got extremes on both ends. You've got LeBron, who's you know teammates are bitching to the media, like Danny Green, like I was just saying, because they have such a short layoff. And then whereas my team hasn't played in like nine months, my Bulls, <laughs> my Bulls. My Bulls haven't played since March 9th. So, like, if we don't yeah, get out there until crazy. January 18th, like, that is way too long to be off. How do you feel about Billy Donovan as the new head coach of your Chicago Bulls? See, I love Billy, but I don't know, like, really deep X's and O's Billy. And the only person that I know who does is Mitch, who played for him. And obviously, like, he – doesn't have glowing things to say about Billy because he flamed out there. So it's kind of hard to really get a true grasp of how I'm supposed to feel about this. And I'm very excited on one hand, but yet Mitch flamed out and says that like he is like dishonest with his players. So I don't know. Oh, that's definitely, that's definitely not not good at all. I mean, there were, there were reports of tension between him and Westbrook for I think a couple of years there. Yeah. Well, he'll coach guys hard. Like Jalen Brown said he has a grudge against Billy Donovan. Right, yeah, because oh, yeah, I remember reading that. That was, we saw that came out last year, I think, right? Yeah, Billy was coaching Jalen at a basketball camp, and Jalen was like basically coasting on his athletic abilities. Mm. And um, Billy told him, he's like, "Son, like you're not going to get to the NBA based upon your athletic ability. Like you won't be there. You'll be broke." Yeah, and or something along those lines. I don't think it was that brutal. And he's like, it "To this weird. day, I, I held it to like I held it to me that like uh, that." Billy told me that like he basically coached me hard 
and he had a problem with it. Yeah, I was, hey, hey, as long as you use it in a productive manner, I guess is all that matters. But you can't again. We we we've praised the we've probably praised the Oklahoma City Thunder more than any Celtics centric podcast there is. Um, and I, 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 you can't ignore what they did this year under Billy Donovan. So I would think it's got to help. Have you listened to Joe Sway Pavone's podcast? I have not recently. No. No, I'm just I'm kidding. I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> Joe Sway's a good dude. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, anyways, you're you're a dick though. However, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just throwing on podcasts. I know I could have thrown on Jay King's podcast with the other guy, whatever. Sam Packard, yes, who was Sam, not happy yeah. with your uh, Miles Turner trade proposal. I know Matt wasn't for it either, but he, I think Sam was very upset with that idea. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Re- I'm not gonna respond. <laughs> so, I mean, do you have do you, again? It's been a while. Do you have anything else you want to say? It, before? Is his name Sam or is it Jam? It, it, it depends who you ask. He's a good dude. Sam's a good dude, but I just I, oh, I'm sure he is, but <laughs> he's, just, he's beyond Tommy when it comes to homerism. Like he's now like now with Tommy being dead, Jam Packard, Sam Packard is number one in the power rankings. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. There you go. Hey, uh, congrats, Jim. Congrats. Uh, do you have anything else besides that before we get rolling? Oh, me? No, no, I'm good. All right. All right. Uh, so we will be doing a draft reaction podcast for you guys after we see whatever the hell it is that the Celtics do. Or if they do something beforehand, maybe we'll address that then. I don't know. We'll see. But either way, we'll have something for you guys next week. What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to be all right with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be all right with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions. I'm just hoping for some. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.